Hallelujah. Well, glory. Woo. Well, let the redeemed of the Lord, what? Whom he hath redeemed out of the hand of the enemy. What has he done? He hath redeemed you out of the hand of the enemy. You've been redeemed, bought with a price. So glorify your God in your body and your spirit and your soul, which are God's. Hallelujah. If that ain't something to shout about, nothing is. You know, last week we were singing about, I'm redeemed. I'm redeemed. I'm redeemed. Well, the Lord showed me that he was standing before us. And he said, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I've called you by my name. You are mine. When you pass through the rivers, they won't overflow you or the, or the, uh, the sea. And he says, and that's what he said. And he says, I've redeemed you. Well, the thing the Lord showed me was this. And I'm going to talk about redemption a little bit because we hadn't talked a lot about it. But in redemption, the, the thing redemption means, it comes from that word kinsman redeemer. And, and in that, in the book of Ruth, we see that Naomi and Ruth came back to her land. And Ruth came with her. Where you go, I'll go. And where you live, I'll live. And all that stuff. But, but uh, when she came, Boaz, she went out to glean the fields that was left there. And Naomi sent her to lay at his feet that night and to cover herself up. And when, when he woke up and saw her, and she told him to put his skirt over her. And, and what she, she was saying is, you're the next kinsman. You have a, re, a right to redeem my husband's possessions. Okay? And so he chose to do that. And, and, and what he did, there was another redeemer that could have. And he said, I don't want to redeem you because it'll affect what I got. You, you redeem her. So he, he redeemed her and married her. And this is, is what it says in the scripture. If her husband had married her and they had no kids, the next brother was required to marry her so that to bring forth seed to restore that. And the, the kinsman redeemer could go and buy back everything that belonged to her husband. Buy it back. And also to take her as his wife. Are you getting the picture here? That's what a redeemer is. He comes to back to purchase everything. See, and a lot of times that wife lost everything because the husband had died. And here this person comes back and comes into her life and buys back everything she lost. But catch this. What we're going to talk about today, it goes a lot further than that. Not only in Christ do we get back what we lost in Adam. When we're married to him, we get everything that belongs to him also. Now, you've got to get that when we're talking about redemption. It's not just getting back what you lost. You now are married to him that owns everything. Amen. Did you catch it? Yeah. What does that leave you lacking? Nothing. Nothing. But we don't understand the redemption sometimes. We don't understand what he's paid for. And so when we sing those songs and we talk about redemption, you've got to see the picture here. He came to purchase it all back for us. Let's, let's look at Isaiah 43 here just a second. <clears throat> Isaiah 43, 1, but now, and I'm probably not going to get through with this today, so I'm going to go till we have time for this, and we'll do it. But now thus saith the Lord that created thee, O Jacob, that formed thee, O Israel, fear not. What is he saying? 
Fear not, for I have redeemed thee. I have called you by my name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they'll not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. Neither shall the flames kindle upon you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I gave Egypt for a ransom, Ethiopia and Seba for thee. Since you were precious in my sight. Do you know you're precious in his sight? How precious are you? Thou hast been honorable, and I have loved thee. Therefore will I give men for thee and people for your life. Fear not, for I am with thee. I will bring your seed from the east and gather them from the west. And say to the north, give up, and the south, keep not. Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the end of the earth. See, the promise is not only to you, but it's for your children. Even everyone that's called by thy name, for I have created him for my what? Catch this. Why are we created? For his glory. Let's say it again. Why are we created? Created for his glory. We've been created for his glory. To enter into his and enjoy his glory. Oh, we could camp there for a little bit. I have formed him. Yea, I have made him. Bring forth the blind people that have eyes and the deaf that have ears. Let all the nations be gathered together. Let the people be assembled. Who among them can declare this? Show the former things. Let them bring forth their witness that they may be justified. Let them say, it is truth. (coughs) You are my witness, saith the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen, that you may know and believe me and understand that I am he, and before me there is no God. Form neither shall there be after me. I am I, even I. When it says I, even I, you can count it. You can take it to the bank. I am the Lord, and besides me there is no Savior. How many of you know there is no Savior but Jesus Christ? That's it. I have declared and have saved. I have shown when there was no strange God among you. Therefore you are my witnesses, saith the Lord. That, uh, that I am God. Yea, before the day was, I am He. Hey, catch that. Before the day was, I am. That's pretty good. There is none that can deliver out of my hand. What does Alan say? He's in his, we're in His hand. Who can take us out of His hand? Nobody. Nobody. <clears throat> now look. Who can deliver out of my hand? I will work and who will let it? Thus saith the Lord, you're what? Your Redeemer. He's our Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. For your sakes I have sent the Bible and have brought down all the idol, the, the nobles, the Chaldeans who cries in the ships. I am the Lord, the Holy One, the Creator of Israel, your King. Thus saith the Lord, which maketh a way in the sea and a path in the mighty waters, which bring forth a chariot, a horse, and the army, and the power, and they shall lie down together, and they shall rise not. And they are extinct and they are quenched as tow. Remember now, remember you not the former things, neither consider the things of old. Behold, I do a new thing, and it will spring forth. Won't you know it? I'll even make a way in the wilderness and streams in the desert. And I want you to catch that. Your footnote right there says a new thing. It has a little A there, and you go to 2 Corinthians 5.17, and it says, If any man is in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things are become new. What he was prophesying, we have. Everything he's prophesying and talking about, it's already done. It's already taken place. If any man is in Christ, he is a new creature. It says, now will it not spring forth? You will know it. I'll even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. The beast of the field shall honor me, the dragons, the owls, because I give water in the wilderness and rivers in the desert to give drink to my people, my chosen This people have I formed for myself, and they will show forth my praise. Now, that's powerful. 
This people have I formed for myself, and they will show forth my praise. But thou hast not called upon me, O Jacob. You have wearied me, O Israel. You have brought me no small cattle with burnt offerings, neither have you honored me with the sacrifices, and have not caused thee to serve an offering, nor wearied thee with incense. You brought me no sweet cane with money, neither has you filled me with the fat of your sacrifices, but you've made me to serve with your sins, and you have wearied me with your iniquities. God said, I'm sick of all that stuff you're supposed to be doing, and you hadn't done it. I'm tired of it. But you know what he says? Catch this. I, even I, am he that blots out your transgressions for my sake and will not remember your sins anymore. Amen. Why? Because I do a new thing. Your sins and your iniquities will I remember no more. Why? Because by one sacrifice, Jesus took care of sins forever. Past, present, future. One sacrifice forever, he took care of your sins forever. And what did God say? I'm not going to remember them anymore. And your iniquities, I'm not going to remember. Why? He's sick of it. He's tired of it. Tired of expecting them to do what they couldn't do or wouldn't do. He says, okay, I look for some to show forth. He said, I didn't find anybody that could that was doing right. So my own arm brought forth salvation, Isaiah chapter 59. I looked for some, but I found none. So I just decided to do it myself, and I'm going to forgive you of all your sins and your iniquities for my sake, for my holy name's sake, and I'll not remember them anymore. That's powerful. <clears throat> put me in remembrance. What he's saying is, put me in remembrance of what I've already done for you. But the first thing you've got to know is what he's already done for you. You've got to know what redemption's all about. See, as we look in Isaiah chapter 59, go over there. I, you know, this is a hard one for me to read because it's, it's touchy. What does he say here? Verse 20, Isaiah 59, 20. And the Redeemer shall come to Zion. Who's coming to Zion? The Redeemer, the, Redeemer, the purchaser, the one that brought, back, brought everything and sacrificed and paid the price for everything that you were and also to make you everything who you are or who you're going to be. That's the Redeemer. The Redeemer has already come to Zion. The Redeemer has come to Zion, and to them that turn from transgression in Jacob, saith the Lord, as for thee, me, this is my covenant with them, saith the Lord, my spirit that is upon you, and my words that I have put in your mouth shall not depart out of your mouth, nor out of the mouth of your seed, nor out of the mouth of your seed, seed, saith the Lord, from henceforth and forever. So now rise and shine, for your light is come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. Behold, darkness shall cover the earth and gross darkness of people, but the Lord shall appear upon you and his glory shall be seen in you. So what is he saying? It's time to rise and shine. My glory have I created for you. God said you are created for my glory. There it is. Receive the glory. Expect the glory. Christ is your glory. And he says, so you do what? What did Chuck Pierce say? This is the year for Isaiah 60 to be fulfilled. It's time to rise and shine, for the light has come, and we're going to talk about glory later. I'm not even talking about glory today, but I just couldn't stand it. I had to go a little further. You know there's not chapter breaks in the original. So he says, arise and shine, for your light has come. Look, darkness will cover the earth. We see a little darkness, gross darkness of people, but the Lord will rise upon you, and his glory shall be seen upon you. The Gentiles shall come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your what? Of your rising. What's rising speak of? New creation. Speaks of new man. It, it speaks of who you really are. Amen. Of your rising. Oh, 
Lift up your eyes round about and see. All gathered together, they come to your sons and from afar and your daughters shall be nursed at your side. Then shall you see, flow together, and your heart shall fear and be enlarged because of the abundance of the sea shall be converted unto you in the forces of Gentile. Oh, man, that's good stuff. So let's take a laugh break. It ain't bad. You know, chapter 2, we, we, we see here in, in the, it's here somewhere. Psalms chapter 2. That's, that's what he wants to do. I'll just go to chapter 2. That's where it's going in here. Psalms chapter 2. Why do the heathen rage? Well, they rage because they're heathen. That's all the old man can do. And the people imagine vain things. That's all you can do in the old man. The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, What? Let us break the bands asunder. Let us cast their cords off. He that sits in heaven laughs. The Lord shall have them in derision. How many of you know God's not upset about Obama or what's going on in this world? How many of you know he's sitting in heaven laughing? You know why? Because he's the author and the finisher of our faith. God has not had a bad day. How many of you know he's not ever going to have a bad day? He sits in heaven and laughs. That's why he has given us righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. You know, there's times just like Mike when that joy of the Holy Ghost starts bubbling up. You just got to let it out. We wouldn't want Mike blowing up all over this place by trying to hold that in. And Linda's the same way. That's all of us. You know, your cup runneth what? Sometimes it runneth over. Let it run. It just runs over sometimes. All right, he sits in heaven and laughs. All right. And he says this, Then shall he speak unto them in his wrath and vex them in his sore displeasure. I don't like that. That's not talking about us. Yet I have set my king upon his holy hill. I have set my king where? The redeemer shall come to where? To Zion. All right. Now let's go. Thank you, Lord. Where do we go from here? You know, I'm shooting way over here to the second page already. I don't know what's going to happen. Micah chapter 4. Look here with me in Micah chapter 4. I have set my king in his holy hill. Micah chapter 4. But in the last days. How many of you think it's the last days? Hallelujah. They were saying that then. Do you know a day is a thousand years and a thousand years is a day? Did you know when God promised all this stuff in Isaiah, to, he says it like it's already done? Did you catch that? All this stuff he's promised us is in the new covenant. But he's promised it to us, it's already done. He didn't say, I'm going to do it. He said, I already have done it. Right? Why? The fact, because Jesus was a lamb slain when? Before the foundation of the world. In God's eyes, it was a done deal. Now, Jesus had to come and do all that. And he had to fulfill all that. But God was speaking as if he's already done it. He's already done it. He said, you know, I did that 2,000 years ago in my pastime while I was just taking a break. It's already done. But in the last days it shall come to pass that the mountain of the Lord, the house of the Lord shall be where? Established in the top of the mountains. And he shall be exalted above all the hills, and the people will flow unto it. And many nations shall say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, of the house of God of Jacob, and he will teach us his ways. And we will walk in his paths, for the law shall go forth out of Zion, and the word of our Lord from Jerusalem. And he will judge among the people and rebuke strong nations afar off. 
And they shall beat their swords into plowshares and their pruning hooks and their spears into pruning hooks. And nations shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. But we talked about this in the coffee shop. I can't get it out of my mind. But they shall set every man under his vine and under his tree. Did you know when you prophesied to Jim a while ago, you said you're going to sit under your tree? Did you catch this? They shall set every man under his vine and under his fig tree, and none shall make him afraid, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. Now, what is that saying? See, we're the body of Christ, members one of another. What we got to do is understand God has a purpose for every one of us, and my purpose is not your purpose. Every one of our purposes, God said one of these days when the body starts functioning like it should, you're going to sit in your place under your fig tree, and, 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 and you're not going to be afraid anymore. Because you're going to know where you fit. That's destiny. See, and that's what he's saying. That's God's purpose. We don't have to wait till the end. It's already paid for so we can know it now. He said, you're going to sit, catch this, and you're going to sit every man under his vine and under his tree, and none will make him afraid, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. For all the people will walk everyone in the name of God, and we will walk in the name of the Lord our God forever and ever. How long is that? Forever and ever. It's going to be established. And he says, and all nations are going to come to that. You know, on the day of Pentecost, you know, when it happened, at that time, Josephus says, there's probably a million people in Jerusalem. And you know, on the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Ghost fell, what a perfect time for Jesus to be crucified and to be buried and be raised up. A million people there witnessed this thing. And you know what the scripture says? All nations will see this. Why? You know what it says in Acts chapter 2? And it says, when the day of Pentecost was fully come and they began to speak with other tongues, it says, and, and devout Jews from every nation under the sun was there. And they all heard in their own language. They all heard it. Every one of them. See, and, and, and all of that is being fulfilled right there. And we see that in, in Micah. And... and and that's what he's saying. He's going to teach us his ways, and we're going to walk in his paths. See, that's the goal of this. So that's why we've got to rise and shine. So Romans chapter 7, it talks about this, and this is where I want to talk about the redemption. Romans chapter 7. Oh, man, this is exciting. He just wants you to know what he's paid for. My people are destroyed for what? Lack of knowledge of knowing. And that's why Paul, I pray the eyes of your understanding be enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what is exceeding great riches to you, towards you who believe, according to the working of his mighty power. Verse 7, chapter 1, chapter 7, verse 1, Know ye not, brethren, for I speak to them to know the law, how the law hath dominion over a man as long as he live. For the woman which has a husband is bound by the law to her husband as long as he live. But if a husband be dead, she's loose from the law of her husband. So then while her husband liveth, she be married to another man, and she shall be called an adulteress. But if her husband be dead, she is free from the law, so that she is no adulteress, though she be married to another. Wherefore, say wherefore, wherefore. my brethren, you also have become dead to the law by the body of Christ, that you should be married to another, that you should be raised, it says, even to him that is raised from the dead, that we should bring forth fruit unto God. Amen. Grumpy is dead. Grumpy is dead. That's what, remember, that's what John Sheesby said. Grumpy is dead, and we've been married to another. Now, that's the Redeemer concept. 
Isaiah 54, it says this. Isaiah 54 follows Isaiah 53. What he's done for us. But Isaiah 54 says what? For a small moment have I forsaken you, but with great mercies will I gather you. And he says, as a woman forsaken and grieved in spirit and the wife of your youth when we rejected. But what did he say? But I have gathered you in. For a small moment have you been forsaken? And he said, I, the Lord, am your husband. Amen. See, we've been redeemed. We've been bought with a price. He's covered every base for us so we can enjoy all of that. He's he's made us free. All right. Let me see here. All right. For we know that the law is spiritual, but I'm carnal, sold under sin. For what I do not allow, that what I do, uh, I hate. Oh, we know all about that. That's old man, new man stuff. Paul was just battling with the old man and new man. Right? He said this. He didn't say that. He said, it's sin in my members. Catch that. Let's get it right. It's sin in my members. Because Grumpy is dead. And how come Grumpy is dead? Because Grumpy was crucified with Christ that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we don't serve sin. Hallelujah. Amen. For he that is dead is free from sin. And sin only has dominion over you under the law. If you're free from the law, sin has no dominion over you. Amen. All right, I'm sure you all got all that figured out. Romans chapter 9, while we're here. Let me look, read Romans chapter 9. <clears throat> for the scripture said unto Pharaoh, Even for this same purpose, verse 17, have I raised thee up, that I might show my power in you, and that my name might be declared among all the earth. Therefore he hath mercy on whom he hath mercy, mercy and whom he will he hardens. But you will say unto me, Why does he yet find fault? For who has resisted his will? You know this little word here? It's only used twice. There is Thelema and there's Thelema. I think this is Thelema, isn't it? It's used twice, but really right here. See, God's not willing that any should perish, is he? No. He's not willing that any should perish. But this will's not the same will. If he's purposed something, it ain't going to change. That's this one. It's not his desire it's his purpose. Who has resisted his purpose? His purposes were finished from the foundation of the world, and they're not going to change. Amen. They are not going to change. Who has resisted his, what he's purposed to do? Amen? Oh, this, this is good. Now, where was I at? I lost it. Huh? 19, okay. You got to help me out now. Rose, you got to holler at me every once in a while. Nay, O man, who art thou that replies against God? Shall the same thing form to him that formed it? Why have you made me this? Hath not the potter power over the clay to make one vessel of honor, another to dishonor? What if God willing to show his wrath and to make his power known, endure with much long suffering the vessels of wrath fitted for destruction, that he might make you know the riches of his glory on the vessels of mercy, mercy which he has prepared before unto glory, which he hath prepared when? For what? Glory. Even us whom hath called not a Jews only, but also the Gentiles. Say Gentiles also. It ain't all about the Jews, because he's not a Jew that's outwardly, but he that's the Jew inwardly. As he that saith in Hosea, I will call them my people which were not people, and her beloved which was not beloved. And it shall come to pass that in the place where he said unto them, You are my people, there they shall be called the children of the living God. Who are we? 
children of the living God. By adoption and by birth. Isaiah also cried concerning uh, Israel, though the number of the children of Israel be as the sand of the sea, yet a remnant shall be saved. For he will finish the work, what? And cut it short in rightness, because the short work will the Lord make upon the earth. And as I said, except the Lord of the Sabbath had left a seed, we shall all be like Sodom and be like Gomorrah. God had a purpose and a plan for us before the foundation of the world. And he is the Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. You know, the Jewish, Jewish people, you know, most of them today are still looking for the Redeemer to come. Yeah, we was at a wedding like that, wasn't we? And the, this Jewish priest, when he got through, he said, we're still looking for our Redeemer to come. I got news for you. The Redeemer has come. Yeah. And one of these days, their eyes are going to be open to see the same Redeemer that we have. They're the ones they've been looking for. You know, you, you see it in Luke. Luke 168 said, blessed, blessed be the God of Israel, for he had visited and redeemed his people. See, when they saw Christ, they saw it was fulfilled. Luke 238, it says, when Anna coming in at that instant gave thanks, likewise to all them that looked for the redemption of Israel. She saw it. See, and he is the fulfillment of every bit of that. Well, I'm gonna, I want to close with this one, and we're going to have communion. But I'm not through. Hebrews chapter 9. I think that's a good place to stop. Hebrews chapter 9. Start in verse 11. But Christ being come a high priest of good things to come by a greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is to say, this, in the, uh, this building, neither by the blood of bulls and goats, but by his own blood he has entered once into the holy place having obtained eternal redemption for us, having eterned, earned what? Eternal. What is eternal redemption? That means he's paid the price past, present, and future. Everything's been paid for us, for eternity. That's good news. Amen. He has paid the price for us for eternity. Wow. Verse 13, for if the blood of bulls and goats and the ashes of heifers sprinkling the unclean sanctifieth the purifying of the flesh, how much more, that's Romans chapter 5, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offer himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? And for this cause, he is the mediator of a new covenant, New Testament, that by means of death for the redemption of the transgression, for the what? Redemption of the transgressions that were under the first covenant, they which are called might receive the promise of eternal inheritance. Now listen, verse 16. For where a testament is, there must also of necessity be the death of the testator. Everything God promised in Isaiah, everything you read, I've redeemed you, I've called you by my name, fear not, the Redeemer shall come. All these words of the redemption and everything that I've already paid and sanctified you and did all this, it was all happened. It had already done, but it wasn't complete until Jesus Christ died on the cross and paid an eternal sacrifice. He had to die for it to be the covenant to be established. For a covenant is must necessity the, the death of the testator. You know, we've said this a lot of, a lot of times. 
when you read Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and John, you think you're reading the gospel. You're not. Jesus was born under a woman, born under the law to redeem them that were under the law. Everything in the Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, it may be written for us, but it may not be written to us. Because he was come to redeem a people under the law. But the fullness of what Christ did for us was not manifest until Christ died and rose again. Then all the fullness of all the promises God has made for us in our redemption has been paid for once for all. It is finished. That's why when we come to this time, this is what we're celebrating. Come on up.